Thank you so much. So I I just need I'll just quick introduction. This is I am sitting here with Dr. Gray Gay Hendricks. I'm so sorry. I'm a little bit flustered. <laughs> um, and you have been so gracious to spend spend a little time with me now. Um, and I really just want to have a casual conversation and maybe, yeah, learn a little more about what you do and talk a bit about Einstein time, which is actually why I wanted to talk with you. Mm -hmm. um, I, this is the first formal interview for me. So I'm thinking just that we should just have a conversation. <laughs> Very good. I'm always uh, happy to talk about Einstein time or anything else for that matter. Okay, maybe I can shortly describe why I wanted to talk with you. Yes. Because um, I have I have this little brand called, called Feel Good Rebel, and I really like the thought that we can live a life where we feel good. Um, but I feel like where where I live, at least where I come from, we feel we're um, conditioned to actually struggle quite a lot and especially things around time and stuff like that. Um, and I know that many of my surroundings are also like many of the people that I talk with uh, struggle with time. And, you know, we're all trying to make time for everything that we want to do. And especially like the creative, uh, ambitious people. Um, and I have, I am gathering and I have gathered a group of people that are in that demographic, so to speak. And I wanna learn more about Einstein time. I've read your book, The Big Leap, uh, which is one of your many books and where I, I learned about this concept. And, um, but I didn't really understand it. <laughs> so that's why I wanna talk with you. <laughs> And I've actually read it quite a few times and I still don't understand it. It seems like, like and I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one. <laughs> so well, it's, it's probably, um, no, forgive yourself because it's probably the most difficult to understand thing that I teach. Uh, really? <laughs> it will also change your life big time once you learn to um, understand it. Yes, I am pretty sure. Because right now, like, in, like these holiday times and you know it feels like time is very scarce and I know that I'm not the only one and you have this idea or this concept of Einstein time where you are actually the creator of time yes. and can can you explain more about that just just a little yes. bit yes thank you um first uh, let me express my appreciation to you for what you're doing because you're obviously are doing things now that in your genius zone. And oh, there are you. two, what you're doing now, having conversations like this is what you love to do. Yes, right? yes, and what you definitely. Love to do is the essence of being in the genius zone. So yes. my new book, The Genius Zone, is the sequel to The Big Leap. And yes. um, it has two, um, you know, the two big ideas are how to get out from under the upper limit problem, how, mm -hmm. to, keep how to keep from sabotaging yourself 
when things are going good. Uh, and the other is how to live in your genius zone, how mm -hmm. to be doing what you most love to do and what makes your biggest contribution to the world around you. Well, I've been mm -hmm. a fan of Albert Einstein since I was a kid. I think I first maybe heard of him when I was in the fifth grade or when mm -hmm. I was in the fifth grade um, in a conversation with my grandfather. And he told me about this man, Albert Einstein, who, um, and I said, well, what does he do? See, I come from a little town of 10,000 people in Florida where people mm. grow watermelons and they mm. grow cantaloupes and they grow oranges, but there are no philosophers around. Okay, you know? okay. And, uh, <laughs> so I was asking my granddad, what does, what does he do? And my granddad said, well, he's a thinker. He thinks about things. Mm. And I remember saying, <laughs> you can get paid for that? You know, because the idea of, of growing watermelons didn't appeal to me. No, no. <laughs> and uh, I think I took a test one time about what occupation I could be. And the absolute worst one at the bottom was be a farmer. <laughs> so okay, I didn't, yeah. <laughs> didn't want to do that. But anyway, that was a big inspiration for me. So uh -huh. um, that's why I call it Einstein time, because I started reading everything I could about Einstein. And there was this one quotation about time that really caught my attention. Uh -huh. Someone asked him to explain the theory of relativity so that a, a, a child could understand it. Mm. And, or a high school student or something like that. And he said, okay, think of it this way. A minute, if you're sitting on a hot stove, let's say you sit down on a hot stove, yes. a minute goes by like an hour. Mm. He said, but you sit down next to the, your beloved, mm -hmm. an hour goes by like a minute. Yes. And I began That's to think, well, how can that be? Why is that? And then it occurred to me that time has a great mm -hmm. deal to do with how we are inside and who we are inside. If you think about the difference between sitting on a hot stove and mm -hmm. sitting next to your beloved, mm -hmm. when you're sitting on something uncomfortable, every cell in your body wants to be somewhere else. Mm. It wants to be, it wants to get out, but it can't get anywhere. And okay. so what happens, you contract toward the center when you're feeling under stress, or if you're sitting in a, on a hot stove, you, you know, you squeeze everything to try to get away from the pain. All the cells yes. in your body want to get away from the pain. On the other hand, if you're sitting next to your beloved, your sweetheart, your darling, uh -huh. all the cells in your body want to expand. They okay. want to be in union with your mm -hmm. beloved. So they're going in the opposite direction. Instead of contracting toward the center of you and trying to get away, you're expanding mm -hmm. toward the periphery and in a sense, disseminating yourself into space because you want to be in the space of your beloved. Yeah. So you okay. want to take up more space because exactly. you're feeling good in a way. But when yes. you're not feeling good, you want to not take up space or you want to disappear in a way. 
Yes, and uh, what is your Danish word that everybody cites? Uh, Hugga? Hugga, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's very difficult to, to translate into English, but yeah, so cozy, nice, you know, feeling good, yeah. Yeah, and yes. how do you pronounce that again? Am I pronouncing it okay? Hugga. Yeah, the Hugge. Y is like very <laughs> Hugga. Hugga, okay. Yes. Hugge. All right, <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> now yeah have you ever been over to sweden yes for a little short trip yes okay are you familiar with their word logum no logum. well it's very interesting because it means don't be too much don't be too little okay stay right in the middle okay if you let yourself feel good you're gonna feel bad yeah okay it sounds kind of I know about the philosophy. I think we're kind of the same, like Scandinavian thinking. Uh, yes. Well, you have you have Yentalo, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's I think very similar to that in the spirit of it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it felt like it. Yeah. It's a stay in the groove. You know, don't, mm -hmm. don't get mm -hmm. too far out of here. And yes. uh, <laughs> so anyway, um, that's part of what I call the upper limit problem. Because okay. many of us have a cultural or almost yes. universal tendency to hide our light, to not go yes. all the way with our genius. Yes. And that's what I call the upper limit problem. Yes. And so the upper limit problem once goes like this. You start feeling better. Mm -hmm. And then an alarm goes off that says, oh, I'm not supposed to feel this good. And so mm -hmm. you trip and fall, or you eat something that's not good for you, or you start an argument with your beloved. Yes. Knocks you back down. So there mm -hmm. are many ways to do the upper limit problem. But one thing, oh, and by the way, this relates to Einstein time too. Yes, so not, yes, yeah, not, yeah. Not on a digression here. Um, no. So we have these limits on how good we can feel and how much intimacy we can feel. And then we sabotage ourselves. Yes. So, the way through that is to focus on creating longer and longer periods of feeling good in your body, inside mm -hmm. yourself, and longer and longer periods of harmony with other people. Put your attention on the time you spend feeling good versus the time you feel beating up on yourself or worrying or uh, putting yourself down. So begin to think of how much time, how much more can I extend my feeling of well-being before I hit an upper limit? I okay. say that because I don't want people to feel bad about having upper limits. Uh, no. I don't want you to feel bad about anything. I want you to be a kind of a, a, a scientist of the soul in the sense of, I love that. Yeah. you know, really paying attention to what's going on around you like a scientist, but it's in the yes. spirit of liberating more of your spirit and soul and your, yes. what we call your essence, who you really yes. are. Yes. Yeah. Do you okay. have a word for essence in Danish? It's the same. Essence, or, just essence. Yeah. Uh -huh. essence. Yeah. The beautiful thing, you know, your yeah. pure spirit. Yes. What you're uniquely here to do. Mm -hmm. That's what we're talking about. Yes. I believe I'm uniquely here to feel good and help others feel good. And this conversation is just absolutely on spot. 
<laughs> well, good. You're in the yeah. sweet spot of your genius right now. Yeah. You're doing something that feels good. You love to do it. And yes. it makes a big contribution to the world around you. Yes. That's, and I can, I can feel the upper limit too, because I, excuse me, I was very scared because I've, I haven't talked with you before and I'm very honored, <laughs> but <laughs> this is, this is so cool. Okay. I have to try I'm, to I'm understand. Used, it. I'm used to this, by the way. Yeah. I, I can imagine you are. <laughs> <laughs> I don't take okay. it personally anymore. No. Okay. That's great. So what I'm trying to understand is that when you say you like when you want to learn more about the Einstein time concept, Einstein time concept, you practice observing the time you feel good. So yes. you can notice how time expands or yes. you notice how you are with the time that you spend feeling good. I'm kind of getting it, I think, but okay. Well, <laughs> you're doing just great. It it, mm. it took me years to figure this out. So yeah, I've, I've, I don't want I've anybody to feel books. bad because it takes them a month no. or a year even. So yeah. take a big breath and <laughs> yeah. <sighs> yes. Good. Uh, <laughs> around here, we pass Thank out you. a little wristband that says "Breathe, Move, Love" on it. Because okay. Oh, Lots wonderful. of people forget yeah. to move and they forget to breathe and they particularly forget to love themselves. Yes, yes. I am very yeah. familiar with that too and practicing. So, <laughs> yes, First, so I thank want you, you for the reminder. Huga, Huga with yourself. Okay, yes, mm. I shall be Huga with myself. <laughs> <laughs> thank Good. you. Love any anxiety you feel about meeting a famous person. <sighs> and, uh, yes. <laughs> you have that word starstruck, you know. Yeah, uh, just, a little, yeah. little bit. <laughs> Thanks. Am, Thank you. Walt Whitman, yeah. uh, Walt Whitman, our famous poet, yes. says, I am large and contain multitudes. And yes. you are. You are large and contain multitudes. Well, that's wonderful. Yeah. So let me get back to the subject of time. Yes. Thank you. When you're doing what you love to do, mm -hmm. you forget time. Time yes. disappears. Yes. So what has happened there? The only thing that has happened, nothing has happened out here. The only thing that's happened is you shifted to a different state of consciousness in here. Mm -hmm. And you shifted into that consciousness of doing what you love. For me, I love to write. Mm -hmm. I'm coming up on my 50th book. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and a big anniversary. And then yes. I have five more in the pipeline coming out. So I'm not I quite love finished it. yet. Uh, I'm not I done write... reading your books. So <laughs> no, you probably don't have time in your life to read all my books. That's why you need Einstein time. Yes. Einstein time says you can expand the time that you spend doing the things you love by doing more of the things you love. Oh, and okay. automatically, it's so simple in a way. Yes. Yes, and that's why I can't grasp it, I think, because it's so, my brain wants to complicate it. It's like, Your it can't be that. It. <laughs> yeah. It can't well, be you, that easy. <laughs> you have one of those big brains that we humans specialize in, and uh, <laughs> probably too big for our own good sometimes, because we yes. go around worrying too much. Yes. Uh, but I can tell you have a, a natural good nature about you, which I like. And, uh, Thank you. If I may turn the tables on you, uh, sure. what do you spend your day doing? 
I spend my day doing many things. Like these days, I work also as a freelancer, as a costume tailor. So I work at a theater and make costumes or buy costumes for the theater. So I spend a couple of hours on that. And then I get home, I have a bit of a drive and then I get home and maybe cook something. And if I have energy, because sometimes I get really tired doing the things that I do. Um, I knit and that's the last time I experienced this feeling of flow, you know, the where time disappeared. And I spend time with my husband and I watch TV and I have a little cat that I spend time with also. As do I, and, I have two cats. Oh, lovely. And then I work on my Feel Good Rebel project, which is my online thing where I'm working on right now, speaking with you. And uh, how long <laughs> have you been doing that? Um, in this form, maybe a couple of months. Mm -hmm. So it's very new. I kind of got the domain name and the, the, the name a couple of years ago. And I got so like, um, another word for excited, uh, shocked, but in a good way that it wasn't taken because it just came to me, you know, feel good rebel. Oh, that sits good in my mouth. And I just Googled it and saw if it was there. Nobody had used it, not even a hashtag. <laughs> so, that's okay, great. it must be mine. So that's great. Yes. I love that story because that lets you yeah. know that you're right on the moonbeam, you know, that you're yes. right in the sweet spot of the moonbeam. Well, I wanted to ask yeah. you that just to get a sense of how you spent mm. your time. Um, mm -hmm. So at present in mm. your life, yes. let's say you're awake for 18 hours or so, or mm. wh what time do you wake up in the morning? Um, around seven. Okay. And then what seven, time do you yeah. go to sleep at night? That varies a lot. Um, between, okay, 11 and one, I'd say. Between 11 and one. Okay. More or less. Yeah. So let's say you're awake 18 hours. Mm. Of those 18 hours, how many hours are spent in your genius zone to the best of your knowledge? Mm. Not many, half an hour, one hour. Half an hour. Yeah. Well, let me tell you something. When mm -hmm. I started, I did that same count and I realized to my horror and shock that I yes. was about 10% of my time in my genius zone. And uh -huh. boy, did that, you know, it really shook me up in a way because I realized at the time, I was being a therapist in an office and also mm -hmm. doing research as a psychologist. Mm -hmm. So I was employed at Stanford as a research psychologist after I got my PhD there. And then I was also doing a therapy practice on the side, building up a therapy uh, practice. Mm. So I was seeing maybe seven or eight clients a week. Okay. But I realized when I counted up all those hours of what I was doing, that I was just spending a tiny bit of my time in my own genius zone. And yeah. I put a priority. That was probably, gosh, I can't believe I'm saying this, but that was almost 50 years ago. Okay, yeah. You know, so I've been studying this for a long time. And yeah. so I don't want anybody to feel bad if you wake up and realize, wait a minute, I'm not spending any time in my genius <laughs> zone. Um, yeah. That can sometimes make you have, a heavy heart or feel yeah despair. but yeah. on the other hand you're waking up to something that will change your life yes. because i only ask people my clients that come here 
I ask them to start with 10 minutes a day and actually put it in your calendar that you're going to work on your genius for 10 mm. minutes a day. Mm. Yes. I mean, they, they, it is, again, a simple, simple thing, but I had not thought about it. Yes. Well, I want you to make a note right now that by midnight okay. tonight, you are going to have 10 minutes a day penciled into your calendar for seven okay. days. And for the yes. second seven days, since I may not see you again for a while, mm -hmm. I want you to pencil in 20 minutes a day the second week. Okay. By the end of the second week, you will be addicted to spending time in your genius zone. Okay. Yes. Okay. Have it is written deal? down. Yes, we have, have we a, got deal. a deal, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Give me a, yes. Give me a long distance Hugo for it. Mm. Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, or my mind is blown. It is, it's so simple. I had never thought about asking myself that question like, how much time do you spend in your zone of genius? Because I remember in, in the big leap, you say, or you ask that we should commit to become, or to be in our zone of genius. But, and I've been like, yeah, sure, of course I will do that. And then I've just gone about my day and never really thought about how to do it. Mm -hmm. And you just gave us the recipe in a way. Yes. yes. And I hope you're recording this so you can go back. I am, I am, I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me go a little bit further with that. Uh, by the way, yes. how do you like me to address you? Um, anything, um, Panuna or yeah, okay, Panuna, Panuna is fine. Yes. Panuna. Okay. And how would you like me to address you? You can call me Gay. Okay. Hi, yeah. Gay. If we're going to be on first name basis, let's yes. do it this way. Um, yes. I wasn't quite clear on how you pronounced your first name. Um, no. Almost. So. I'm almost unsure myself because it's pronounced <laughs> so many ways. <laughs> <laughs> My wife is named Kathleen, and Kathleen, she has been called yeah. Catherine and introduced on television as Catherine, you know. And oh, I yeah. See the steam coming out of her ears. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She yes. even had her name mispronounced the first time by Oprah. Oh, that, no. That's quite, a distinguished, that's quite a distinction, though, to have your name butchered by Oprah Winfrey. And, yeah. Uh, but yes. She quickly corrected it, so. Yeah, um, oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah, so yes. I want to buzz in again on the okay. subject of Einstein time. Yes, yes. Particularly how to use it practically in your mm -hmm. life, okay? Because mm -hmm. this is more than a theory. This is the way I live my life. Yes. And so you can create a lifestyle around being this way, and it has tremendous advantages. Mm. So... Much of the time, if you went around listening and you had a filter for listening to comments about time, mm -hmm. what kind of comments would you hear as you walk through the world? Oh. You would hear things like, oh, I'd love to stop and chat, but I don't have time. Or, yeah. uh, oh, wow, I'd love to do that, but I just don't have time. Um, mm -hmm. I would predict that you would hear about 90% of the comments about time would be negative, stressful, and fear-based. Like, I don't have enough of it, mm -hmm. or I got to get there on time, or, mm -hmm. oh, gosh, I wish I had more time to do the things I love to do. Or, you know, I've had people tell me, I'd love to write, but I just don't have time. Yeah. Well, you know, I, 
that's where your 10 minutes a day, if you're devoting something to it, you can make a lot of progress. Actually, I coached a guy this year, one of the mm -hmm. people that I mentor, he's a, um, a Wall Street guy, you know, a money guy, but he wanted to write a book. Mm. He only had 20 minutes a day. Okay. And so I got him squared away on a 20 minute a day book writing schedule. And he mm -hmm. finished his book in six months writing for 20 minutes a day. So I don't yes. want to ever hear anybody come up to me and say, oh, I was out of time to write my book. If you don't have 20 minutes you can devote to your genius, hang it up. You know, yeah. uh, mm. get, uh, get a good pair of earphones and something to listen to and just go through life like that, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. But, but down inside, human beings have a deep desire to express our genius. And unless we do that, mm -hmm. we don't feel good. We no. also have an innate desire to get straight with time, to get a good understanding of time so we're not stressing ourselves out. Mm -hmm. See, a lot of people are going around with a conception of time that makes them feel bad because they're being late all the time or they're not getting things done in time. So they go around in a constant state of anxiety purely mm -hmm. by a false time program they're running in there. Mm. Use computer terms. Yeah. Um, and on the other hand, there are some people who have their time thing so that they feel bored all the time. They've got too mm -hmm. much time on their hand. What am I going to do with my time? Okay. You know, yeah, uh, yeah. That's just as bad in a way as the anxiety thing. So, mm -hmm. our, you know, it takes us away from good feeling in our body. It's not right or wrong, good, bad, or stupid. It just takes us away from feeling good and making a contribution in life. Mm -hmm. so we've got to get ourselves, first of all, out of the victim position with regard to time. Mm -hmm. So if you're going around thinking, oh, I got I to gotta get there, I don't have enough time, or, oh, gosh, what am I going to do with my time? Either one of those, those are addictive ways of thinking about time. The mm -hmm. only really healthy way to think about time is I'm going to make up as much as I need to do the things I really want to do. Make a commitment to that. I choose... Yeah to make up the amount of time to do the things that are sacred to my life, like express my genius or spend time with my cat or my children or mm -hmm. whatever it is that you do as the deepest sweet spot part of your life. Mm -hmm. See, I want people to spend more time feeling good inside themselves. That's one of my yes. main things. Yes. I also want people to feel good in the flow of connection with other people. Oh, because yes. at the end of our lives, nobody says on their deathbed, oh, gosh, I regret not spending more time at the office. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's, oh, yeah. my God, I wish I'd told so-and-so I love them. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, my God, I wish I'd taken the time to go to my kids' soccer games, you know, instead mm. of never getting there on time. Those mm -hmm. are the kind of things that I hear people talking about at the deepest stages of their life. So let's yeah. fix that problem. Let's <laughs> yes. get so that if I'm... this were the last day of your life and somebody came to visit you and they said, how's your life going? You'd say, wow, it's going mm -hmm. great. And yeah. I'm in the sweet spot of what I most love to do and what makes my biggest contribution. That's mm -hmm. what I want to be uh, focused on in life. Yes. Amazing. 
I mean, that is exactly what I want to be focused on as well. And you are helping us, people like me, learning how to do that, right? <laughs> by, this is water, by the way, not uh, yes. Akavit or uh, any of those uh, <laughs> weird beverages that you guys consume over there. In, uh, oh, is, yeah. Are you I, the country that has water. Akavit? Yes, I think so. <laughs> uh, there's it, another, it oh, it's snaps. Norway, I think, that has Norway. Uh, Akavit. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know what your beverage of choice is, but uh, um, do, uh, whenever I'm in Europe, I uh, often drink uh, Danish beers. I'm a beer guy. I'm not a liquor guy. Yeah. But, uh, no. I love uh, I love a good uh, Tuborg or uh, one of those. Yes, they're Carlsberg. nice too. Yes. Yeah. Oh, let's cheers in water. <laughs> okay, so. My we... doctor now wants me to drink two liters a day, so I'm trying to That's follow his good. orders. Yeah, I try to do that too. Again, I forget, but I'm practicing that too, amongst mm -hmm. other things. <laughs> but well, okay. Remember the automatic pilot on the airplane? Yeah. Well, it gets to the destination by making uh -huh. little tiny corrections. It says, uh -huh. we're drifting to the right. Let's correct to the left. It says, yes. and it makes that probably a thousand times an hour, makes little tiny corrections. Yeah. So, like my wife and I were just celebrating our 40th wedding anniversary out in Hawaii. Oh, and congratulations. Uh, we flew back on Friday night. And our plane got all the way from Maui to Los yeah. Angeles by being wrong most of the time. Yeah. Because it was willing to recorrect, 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 recorrect. Yeah. Human beings to get that way need to be very open to feedback from the outside, mm -hmm. but we also need to be open to feedback from the inside because mm -hmm. it's our internal feeling of well-being that's our best barometer. Mm -hmm. So I feel, for example, a certain feeling inside. And if I stop feeling that for a split second, I say, okay, what, what happened? What did I do? What did I say that made that feeling go away? Because mm -hmm. that's your best barometer, that flow of good feeling in your yes. body. Notice, and some of the common things of life will just turn off that right away. One of them is anything you don't tell the truth about. Mm -hmm. That will turn off your feeling of well-being in a second. Yeah. Um, another thing is worrying. And 99% mm -hmm. of the things people worry about are totally unconnected to reality. They're Those just upper limit worries. Yeah, yeah, they're just upper limit worries. They're just symptoms of a fear you're feeling. Yeah. And um, I know this is not directly related to the, uh, the time question, but no. underneath the upper limit problem are these certain fears, like the feeling that you're fundamentally flawed in a certain mm -hmm. way. And here's where it connects to time, though, because the way to move through those fears is not to try to talk yourself out of them, but to actually experience them, to feel them, to yeah. ah, make huga with them, uh, <laughs> yeah, to get cozy with them. Mm. Yeah, the fears. Yeah, to befriend your fear, to make <sighs> friends with your fear. Yeah. That is so incredibly important because fear has a message to it. Around yeah. here, we say fear is excitement without the breath. Because yes. the very things that you're feared about or you're scared about is because you're 
trying yeah. to hold them in rather than yeah you're trying to contract if we get back to the feeling of control them yeah fear cannot be controlled it needs to be experienced and loved Mm -hmm. there's a message to it the message says you're feeling a threat of some kind figure out Mm -hmm. is the threat out here or is the threat something you're manufacturing up here or where's the threat coming from that's the message and once you get the message the fear disappears but you can also turn it into excitement by simply you know, participating with it. Here we say peace of mind comes from total participation, from feeling in the sense of that Walt Whitman quote, I am large and contain multitudes. Yes. And also you, I just recently, I I listened to your book again and again, The Big Leaf, as for now my favorite. (laughs) Um, But you also mentioned that underneath the fear, you have, you can find something that is like positive, something good that is hidden underneath the fear because you're fearful about something that would undo the positive or something. Now I'm making things up, but there's a positive thing that fear is covering up. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Yeah. Yes, well, next time you get scared or feel anxious, you can check Mm. this out for yourself. Uh, Mm -hmm. What I'm saying is that underneath anything you're scared about is a positive thing trying to break through that you don't know how to deal with yet. The classic Mm -hmm. example is fear of public speaking. Uh, I'm I'm told that it is the number one fear. People fear public speaking more than they fear death. And um, which is kind of interesting if you think of it. Yes. If you're at a funeral, most people would rather be in the casket than up giving the. Uh, uh, oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> the speech, the eulogy. Yes. Um, yeah. But um, think of what's happening there. You're afraid of public speaking. Underneath that is some mm-hmm. potential you're trying to fulfill in your life by speaking more. In mm. public. Mm-hmm. And that there's always something like that under what you're scared about. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's so important not to seal off your fear or stuff it away or mm-hmm. shame it or anything like that, but simply open up to it and say, hmm, why am I feeling anxious right now? What am I really afraid of? Oh, okay. I'm afraid that people are going to reject me by the sound of my voice. So what am I really afraid of? I'm afraid of rejection. So you get underneath mm-hmm. that fear of public speaking, mm. going deeper and deeper, and, and suddenly the fear disappears and you're able to speak in public. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had to, when I wrote my first book, I was only, gosh, I was 28, I think. And mm-hmm. I was, um, I would go into my daughter's, my daughter was in kindergarten and the first grade at that time. And I liked to go in her classroom and volunteer. Um, it was there on the Stanford campus. And so it was real easy to mm. get to. And as a psychologist, there's nothing better than sitting in the back room of a bunch of five-year-old kids and just watching how they relate and everything. I think that taught me more yeah. about being a psychologist. But anyway, I wrote a yeah. little book called The Centering Book, which the was centering. a book of relaxation, relaxation exercises for little children to help okay. them get calm and everything like after mm-hmm. I noticed that the teacher would bring them in from outside and then it would take her 15 minutes to get them all organized again. So I devised a bunch of 
little activities and wrote a book about it. And it was mm. a surprise bestseller in the education okay. area. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Um, so I got my first ideas from just watching the way uh, children related to each other. But it was really interesting that once the book came out, by then I was a university professor at the University of Colorado, because by mm. the time the book came out, you know, they take a year or two in publication. So I remember the first comment I got on the book, I was actually unwrapping the first copy that the publisher sent me. I was standing at my mailbox there in the Department of Education and Counseling Psychology there at the University of Colorado. And there was, you know, 28 different boxes with professor stuff in it. And I was opening my um, book and looking at it for the first time. I was really excited. And a colleague of mine came up next to me to get his mail. And he looked over and I said, hey, I just got my first copy of my first book. And he looked at it and said, oh, yeah, not bad or something like that. And just walked yeah. off, you know, it was uh, kind of a, you know, and uh, that's the way it is a lot of times around university. If anybody yeah. else has a success, you know, nobody else can stand that. <laughs> yeah okay it's the home of the upper limit problem but later yeah. I found myself irritated at him afterwards you know mm. hey, he said congratulations or just anything positive you know would have been mm. fine with me and um then I realized wait a minute who had that experience I had that uh. experience who was responsible for that well I take responsibility for that. Rather than blaming anybody else for my upper limit problem, I started just saying, okay, I see why I created that because I don't know how to receive appreciation yet. And so I started making, uh, we call it the ha-hum move, or yeah. this is, we also call it Hendrix aerobics. It's a oh, one move aerobics yes. move. It goes like this, ha, hmm, ha. Hmm, where you first blame okay. somebody and then yes. say, hmm, how did I create that situation? Hmm, hmm. ha, I know it's fault. I know it's your fault. Yeah. Hmm. How did I contribute to this? So in That's relationships, amazing. Yeah. very important in relationships because mm -hmm. arguments between couples are a race to occupy the victim position. <laughs> And you yes. know, one person digs in and says, it's your fault, this, da, 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 da. and the other person doesn't say, you know, you're right, everything is my fault. Wow, why didn't I think of that before? You know, the other person says, wait a minute, yeah. think about the time you did this and this and this, you know, you yeah, did that, yeah, yeah. don't blame me. And yeah. uh, so that problem can only be really dissolved through claiming 100% healthy responsibility and giving the other person a hundred percent responsibility yes in a relationship that's what really matters is both people taking a hundred percent responsibility because each person is an entity on their own so yes. i hate that people say oh here's my better half or here's my other half i don't know if you have that yeah no yeah i think here. yeah yeah we have my better half my See, better half, yes. yeah. But it's the idea <laughs> is that the relationship is 100% and there are two 50% in that. Yeah. But it's exactly yeah. wrong because each of us is 100%.
Yeah. And we need to look carefully at what we're manifesting out there as a cue to how we're feeling inside. And yes. that's again, where I want everybody to ultimately get to with time is by taking responsibility for time and making up the amount of time you want to do the things that are sacred to you. Because I promise you this, if you will first start taking 10 or 20 minutes to devote to your genius, what will happen is things begin to fall into place to support you doing the other things. Mm -hmm. Like you'll suddenly realize a faster way of doing something, or you'll suddenly get some help in doing something. But that depends on our ability to take responsibility for creating the time to express our genius in the world. And like yeah. I say, you don't have to buy a canoe and paddle off to Tahiti and um, you know, spend a year doing it. You do it in 10 minutes yeah. a day. Yes. Think, of this. Think of if you did 10 minutes of exercise a day, mm -hmm. and then the next week did 20 minutes of exercise a day. By the mm -hmm. end of the month, you'd be doing enough exercise to make your body stay healthy most of the time mm -hmm. that's what i'm asking you to do is to exercise your genius muscle because it's the most uh, underutilized uh, muscle we have i think i think so too yes that is so so really what you're talking about with the relationship um where you take ownership or responsibility for how you feel in a relationship you can also actually take you know have a relationship with time in a way as mm -hmm. you have with a person yeah. and realize that you are 100% responsible for you in relation to time as well. I, my, my brain is like mush, but I think I'm starting, some things are starting to, you know, fall into place. Well, good. It's something yeah. to, uh, it, it's, yeah. it's, it's like a big ice cream Sunday of wisdom mm -hmm. and you don't want to try to eat it all at once you know <laughs> put a little bit in the freezer for later yeah. but yeah. I can tell um you know I want to honor and appreciate you for your questing mind and how you look at things and how and your curiosity and wonder because mm. that's a priceless asset and I want you to celebrate that in yourself thank you yes thank you I shall uh, speaking that. of time uh, I heard yeah. my wife just come in the front door and she's been yeah. out this morning and one of the things she's going to want to do is make lunch in about 10 minutes so I'm going to amazing uh, uh, yeah. exercise my prerogative here and uh, wind this up fairly soon yes thank you so much all right well um I think we've gotten a lot of exercises that we can use with just having this wonderful, wonderful conversation. Thank you so much. And there, I have not taken mental notes that I got the assignment down on paper, but I will rewatch our conversation and share it everywhere I can. And Good. 10 minutes a day in your genius and start taking responsibility for your time. Yes. That's, keep it simple. Yes. yes. And I will ask all my peers to do the same because we all need more of this. Definitely. Hugo relationship with time. Yes. Thank you. Yes. So I appreciate you very much. Thank you so much for your time. Okay. And I hope you have a wonderful lunch with your wife. Good. Thank you. Well, she's making, she's a genius chef in addition to her other amazing qualities. Amazing. Um, but uh, 
today we're having one of our favorite meals and I won't offend the vegetarians in the audience by telling you what it is. <laughs> All right, Parnuna, thank you very much. Yes, thank you. Have a wonderful day. You too. Bye. So, bye.